Hello and hi, welcome to another Slice of Sci-Fi. I'm Summer Brooks and we're going to change things up a little bit around here today. Noah and Lewis saw Talk to Me, the new horror thriller out from A24. There are some minor spoilers ahead, so if you haven't seen the movie and intend to, you might want to skip this until after you've seen it. They dive in to the film and talk about its high points, its strange points, and uh, I think you'll enjoy not only their discussion and review, but the movie as well. So, right now, talk to me. Thanks for listening to Slice of Sci-Fi. I'm Noah Richman. And I'm Lewis Howley. Discussing the movie, the 20, well, I guess it was probably originally a 2022 uh, release, I believe, overseas, but at least here in America, it's the 2023 release of uh, Talk to Me, uh, sort of a lower budget Australian horror film, uh, something where you basically the setup is kids playing around sort of the way that you see kids playing around with Ouija boards in this one, they actually have a, a, like a plaster cast hand that they claim contains inside of it. Uh, the, the, the hand act real hand of a, of a psychic. And that when you touch this hand and you say, talk to me, then you actually start invoking different kinds of spirits and weird supernatural occurrences happen. Uh, so this is basically a film about uh, kids messing around with the occult and the supernatural and uh, getting themselves into trouble when things <laughs> go over the line. Anything you would add to that summary, Lewis? No, that is a very good summary. And, uh, uh, you know, I think it's important to note that this is an Australian film. And as such, um, I will admit that in the beginning, I had some difficulty getting my ears used to hearing the Australian dialect. I noticed in the end credits that it was filmed in South Australia. And, uh, and I will admit that I think I got better at hearing the dialect as I went along. And, uh, but on the other hand, I couldn't be sure it wasn't a failure of sound design, uh, that it just, they did not take the time to really record it well, so that it was clearly audible. You know, I think that's actually a pretty good call because, uh, I don't know. I've been to Australia. I wasn't there for very long, but I certainly don't remember having any particular problem getting <laughs> uh, <laughs> communicating. Whereas this film, I I absolutely felt like I could have used subtitles. Uh, I, I, obviously, we we were able to basically follow and basically get the gist. But yeah, the the it, it was hard. It was hard. The, la the, the language was definitely a challenge on this one. Yeah. 
It, it is a low budget film. I mean, that's pretty clear throughout. Although I will say there were some, there were some very good visual effects uh, in the film, but I, I'm worried that they spent more of the budget on that than they did on the, the sound. Ah, uh, that's an interesting point. Well, let's let's go ahead and start with the things that uh, the positives. Uh, the, what what did what was your what were the things that you would say were that you liked about the film? Well, I fairly much liked uh, the any scene in which they were playing the game, and just to give some background, you basically take a person at a party put them in a chair, put a little belt around them so they can't escape. And then they touch the hand. And as Noah said, say, talk to me. And then eventually, and then instantly there's a shot of them viewing whatever horrible spirit it is across from them. I mean, it, it, it's uh, surprising that they get to the point so quickly. And then the, the next objective of the game player is to say, I let you in and then they go into that person's body and it seems totally real every time it happens like this it looks like this hand really has this power to do what these part the head of the party were saying that it really does and unfortunately <laughs> apparently having seen no horror films ever in their entire life they don't realize that you can't play around with stuff like this and not expect there to be consequences somewhere down the line. So every scene that involved the hand uh, in the game, I liked. I liked generally the horror scenes, whether they were apparitions or uh, any kind of visual effect of self-inflicted harm or uh, things like that, because they were intriguing and kept the plot going. What I didn't like, and I know we're not getting to that right away, so I'll skip that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so for myself, I, I think you've roughly hit on what I was going to say, which is I did think that it was reasonably effective in terms of the actors putting on creepy performances, uh, particularly the lead character, Mia, when she's possessed, really does manage to do give some pretty haunting um, types of types of imagery that 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 she projects. And I also think that how they blended the practical effects, with the acting was fairly effective in terms of creating certain types of jump scares or overall vibes of creepiness in in various scenes so uh, so that would that would really be my main positive i'm trying to think if there was anything else that especially stuck i, I guess mainly just that it was a lower budget horror film that did still manage to deliver some effective creepiness. I thought that that was something to be said positive about it. I, I will add another positive, which is that I 
appreciated that there was a minimum of uh, exposition of what was happening or the origin story of the hand or, you know, whatever it may be. It was mostly concerned with the present and what was occurring in the present. And as a viewer, you're allowed to make your own judgments about things. And I like that. And, um, you know, and I also like the fact it'll come to me here in a second. Uh, I'm going to let you go back to you, Noah, till I remember what I was going to say. Okay. Well, I think I've said what I what I had to say as my positives. Uh, the negative is much more straightforward, and unfortunately, is really just kind of overwhelmed everything for me. And that is, these are basically. They're, they're not actual, this is not an actual college fraternity. In fact, I think these are pretty much high school age children, but it's largely what you're watching just feels like watching a bunch of frat kids being, being loud and obnoxious and doing something stupid and just pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And oops, oh my, now something bad happens. Well, gee. <laughs> Uh, imagine that and so i just there wasn't really enough of i didn't really find the characters relatable enough to where i actually cared at, at the end of the day it was just uh, i i think that we had a discussion about this where it reminded us a bit of the friday the 13th movies where at the end of the day, you're really sort of rooting for the the slasher to come start <laughs> start killing them off because the you know that's that's really what you're there to see anyway because the the the, the kids are are really that un, un uninteresting unengaging of characters, um, so it's sort of like that, but in some ways even worse because then the slasher itself of course it's not a slasher but i just didn't find the uh uh the whole cosmology of these ghosts to be particularly compelling either so altogether while there was some effective creepiness there was also just a a massive so what about it for me i i just you know I, I didn't really care if, if all these characters were going to be killed because I didn't find them that interesting. And But I also didn't find any of the supernatural to be particularly a whole lot more compelling either. I will say that uh, I agree with you, Noah. This The movie centers around a family and Mia is some kind of hanger-on friend of the family who's close to the to one of the children in this family. And I didn't care about any of the family. And in fact, the first, other than the initial uh, party scene in this movie, you almost immediately cut to this family and you don't care about any of them. They, they seem infantile is the word to describe it. And uh, then this, this horrible ringtone uh, when this boyfriend calls that I couldn't stand. And, uh, 
And every time the film would shift from horror to the family, it was just totally boring. Uh, it was like, uh, um, I remember what I was going to say earlier, which was also that I liked the fact that, uh, you know, they didn't dwell on, I don't believe this is happening. You know, they pretty much took it at face value. And uh, I like that aspect. I also, as far as a dislike goes, did not like the weird scene with the kangaroo that had been hit by a car by the side of the road. And you hear it moaning and they decide to just leave it be. She wants to run it over and kill it for good. And uh, then decides not to. And then the only other relevance of this kangaroo is there's one scene in the hospital where it drags itself along, you know, bleeding. And I thought, so what is the relevance of this? It, uh, maybe it was in the editing that it got thrown away. I'm not sure. But the whole thing was just um, like cruelty to animals and I didn't care for it. Uh, you know, I could have done without it. But that's the sad reality of this movie uh, I really did not relate to Mia, you know, she seemed very superficial in the beginning and, uh, you know, she willingly puts herself in dangerous path and then things happen to her and it's like, oh, well, you know, I mean, this is what's going to happen and life goes on, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I also had uh, some difficulty that Mia, in a lot of ways, the way she was portrayed, she seemed very sort of sensitive and emotional. And then yet somehow she gets strapped into a chair and has this really terrifying possession experience. It comes out of it going, wow, this is amazing. I can't wait to do it again. And, it, 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 and certainly in terms of where they ultimately wind up going with her character, I just don't think it jives with how the actress portrays the character as sort of kind of, oh, sensitive, you know, <laughs> like uh, she, yeah, it, I, I, I just didn't, I just didn't jive with where they took the character with how the actress actually was portraying it. Yeah, you know, there and there were real life issues too that bothered me. You know, one character self injures themselves, and I thought the result in the hospital was minimized for the sake of uh, uh, the filmmaker's needs rather than reality. But then, you know, I can't really complain because most movies in which people fight, they fight, you know, where a normal person would have all their bones broken and would not be able to get up. And yet, of course, these people just pop up like, you know, someone tapped them. So there's, you know, this kind of problem with real life physics uh, and anatomy is a, a movie problem. But uh, and this one shares that um, difficulty. And uh, it just I guess really I felt it was quite uneven in tone. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, I don't know that it really knew where it was going for an ending um, because it does end, but um, 
I don't know, it seemed unfulfilling to me. And I suppose maybe they were trying to set it up for a sequel. It was hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really seems like it's almost set up to be the beginning of a franchise, which could very likely happen if, if it winds up being a success. Although it is interesting that it's an A24 film. I've noticed A24 movies, even when they're successes, don't usually spawn uh, franchises. So I guess we'll see. Uh, I will say, having said all, all the things we just said, um, I was reasonably entertained watching it. I mean, from beginning to end, it wasn't like there was no there. there well, I, I take it back. There were some time. There were some points at which I wanted to check, uh, check the time, see how much more more there was. But considering everything that I, I I've had to sit through over the years. Uh, I've certainly struggled more. Um, As we said, there is some entertainment value with some of the possession scenes, and there are some effective creepy scares. So it it was not the worst uh, time passer that I've ever had. Uh, But on the other hand, I would definitely classify it as missable. I would say that it reminded me of <clears throat> 50s B-movie horror films. You know, they, they have their moments, you know, but they're just, the, the skill level in making them is just not there, and the production values often fall short. And, uh, but, yeah, you can watch it on, you know, on a Saturday afternoon or whatever, and, and like you said, be reasonably entertained. Um, you know, it, it has its moments. It's creepy and very eerie sometimes. And, um, but like I said, it just isn't consistent. Yeah. So, uh, rating scale of one to five stars, what would you give this one? I would give it a two and a half. Two and a half. Average. Yeah. Average. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think I, I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to go for two myself, but I, I think, you know, that's right about that ballpark's about right. So anyway, I, I think that would be our thoughts on the movie Talk to Me. And so thank you very much for listening to Slice of Sci-Fi. Thank you. Bye. Escape Pod, the free science fiction podcast brought to you by Escape Artists. I rippled a welcoming cadence of light beneath my skin, and then, seeing the newcomer was human, made my best approximation of a smile. Welcome to Helixer Transgalactic Lounge. Each week, one story told well. She should have never come back to this God's forsaken junk heap of a space station But she couldn't help but miss it when she was away for too long. From the most astonishing and visionary storytellers of the genre. But because time is a trick of the mind, it can be hacked. And we have gotten good at it. We had to. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on the web at escapepod.org. 
and on Patreon under EA Podcasts. This is Kevin Murphy from Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Rift Tracks, and you have bitten off a nice big chunk of slice of sci-fi. And once again, that movie is Talk to Me from A24. It's actually out in theaters now, and uh, it may be there a while. I've seen some good buzz on it. I haven't seen it myself yet, but uh, that type of um, mystical item of unknown origin, those stories get kind of interesting. So, you may enjoy it. Go check it out for yourselves. But how about you? Do you enjoy horror films with the cursed or possessed object that wreaks a little bit of havoc in everybody's lives? Let me know. Call in your comments or questions. The number to leave a voicemail at is 602-635-6976. Or you can just shoot me an email, summer at sliceofsci-fi.com. You can also leave a comment in the discussion section for this episode. And uh, we'll see it get to you as soon as we can. You can also respond on Twitter. I do most of the responses there. Actually, I do all of the responding on Twitter for as long as Twitter will be Twitter. I can't call that app X because of the pending lawsuits. It may not stay with the name X. I'm just aware of the litigious nature of corporations and billionaires. So I don't think that's going to stick. It'll be back to Twitter. Or maybe he should just rename it Tweeter. Anyway, on Twitter, at Slice of Sci-Fi, come on by, leave a comment there. You can listen to Slice of Sci-Fi on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player FM, and iHeartRadio. And if you're listening on Apple or following on Podchaser, please consider leaving us a review there. And as a reminder... If you're listening to Slice of Sci-Fi on Stitcher, you have until the end of August to find a different option to keep listening to us. So, see you around. You can check us out on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash at Slice of Sci-Fi. We have some more reviews, video reviews from Lewis and Noah and sometimes Noah and Darren and other folks chime in whenever... They have the time to check stuff out. And uh, we may have some future videos from the Babylon podcast, which, let's see, a couple weeks now, we'll have a new Babylon 5 animated movie, so you know Tim and I (laughs) are getting ready to dive deeply into that one. I think it's going to be fun. 
like to thank everyone who is currently helping to support sliceofsci-fi.com, babylonpodcast.com, and writersafterdark.com. Those podcasts are active and running and staying online because of your help. Uh, the websites too, and the media from some old shows. So thank you so much for helping keep these little playgrounds online. Without your pledges and donations, we probably would be a little strapped, hard-pressed to keep everything online. If you'd like to add your support, the place to go is patreon.com slash slice of sci-fi. Pick a tier, any tier. You can choose a perk. Every month, I pull a winner out of the hat, or rather the random number generator pulls an email address out of the hat, and that patron gets to choose from a book, a DVD, a 4K, a Blu-ray, uh, lots of review materials I get here for Slice of Sci-Fi and Writers After Dark, and I can't keep all of it, so your support gets you a very, very good chance at some uh, some cool stuff. And if you'd prefer to donate every now and then without committing to a monthly pledge, the link to use is paypal.me slash sci-fi summer. You can also help support our efforts here through our affiliate shop, which you can find at sliceofsci-fi.net, slowly increasing the inventory over there, books, graphic novels, uh, soundtracks, non-fiction books related to science and genre entertainment, and of course, TV and movies on desk. Your support over there also helps everything here. And that'll do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi next time. Take care. <laughs>